It's Wednesday, April the 7th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, IMF forecasts recovery, and Israel considers a coalition. First, the world in brief. The IMF revised its forecasts for global economic growth upwards to 6% this year and 4.4% in 2022, in large part thanks to government's financial support and vaccine rollouts. The fund also reduced its estimate of the contraction in 2020 because of lockdowns easing. But emerging economies, slower to vaccinate and with less of a fiscal boost, will take longer to return to pre-pandemic levels of output. Israel's President Reuven Rivlin asked Benjamin Netanyahu to form a coalition government after the country's fourth election in two years failed to produce a clear winner. Mr Netanyahu's right-wing Likud party won the most seats, but he and allies fell short of a majority. He now faces a difficult task. Mr Rivlin believes no candidate has a, quote, realistic chance of forming a government. America and Iran began negotiating a possible return to the nuclear deal agreed in 2015. The deal, also signed by Britain, China, France, Germany and Russia, limited Iran's nuclear programme. In return, signatories eased economic sanctions on the Islamic Republic. Iran has repeatedly breached the terms of the deal since Donald Trump, then America's president, withdrew from it in 2018. Brazil's daily death toll from COVID-19 passed 4,000 for the first time. The country is suffering from the effects of both a new, highly contagious variant of the virus and an indifferent president. Even as hospitals reach breaking point, Jair Bolsonaro disavows mask-wearing and lockdowns. Some 337,000 Brazilians have now succumbed to the disease. Valneva said it would start large-scale efficacy trials of its COVID-19 vaccine after positive results from combined Phase 1 and 2 clinical tests. The French biotech company said VLA2001, its vaccine candidate, was, quote, generally safe and well-tolerated, with more than 90% of those in the trial developing significant levels of antibodies to the coronavirus spike protein. There was more good news about America's labour market, as job vacancies grew by more than expected in February, to 7.4 million by the end of the month. Analysts polled by Reuters had forecast a little under 7 million. Hiring in the month also beat expectations. The news follows Friday's sunny monthly unemployment report for March. And the Suez Canal Authority may widen a section of the waterway where a cargo ship became stuck on March 23rd. The 400-metre-long Ever Given drifted off course during high winds and the resulting jam forced hundreds of ships to wait for days or make a detour round the Cape of Good Hope. 
the canal carries nearly 19,000 vessels each year. And now, here's today's agenda. Unavoidable. G20 ministers talk tax. When G20 finance ministers meet virtually today, the economic response to COVID-19 will top their agenda. Tax will be another talking point, and may now be considered more important thanks to a speech on Monday by Janet Yellen, America's Treasury Secretary, in which she called for countries to set a global minimum tax for multinationals. Corporate tax has become one of the most vexing economic issues of the age on account of rampant avoidance, particularly by technology firms with lots of easy-to-shift intangible assets, using tax havens to magic away taxable profits. Agreeing on a minimum rate will be the less tricky of the two main tasks facing negotiators at OECD-brokered talks later this year. Finding a mutually acceptable way to divide taxing rights on profits made by firms with no physical presence will be thornier. Absent a deal, expect dozens of countries to push ahead with, quote, digital services taxes targeting big tech, and for America to retaliate. Two kinds of contagion. India's economy. America's economic recovery is making some policymakers in emerging markets nervous. They worry that rising bond yields in the world's biggest economy will suck capital out of their countries, force their countries down and push consumer prices up. That was one reason why central banks in Brazil, Russia and Turkey all raised interest rates last month. But the Reserve Bank of India, which concludes a policy meeting today, will not follow suit, despite rising inflation. India is somewhat protected against financial contagion. Its government bond market is off the beaten track for foreign investors, its current account is close to balance, and its foreign exchange reserves are deep. At the same time, India is horribly exposed to contagion of the more literal kind. A spike in COVID-19 infections has forced the state of Maharashtra, which contributes over 14% of India's GDP, into another partial lockdown. Until restrictions are loosened, it is hard to imagine monetary policy being tightened. Elections in South Korea Cities of Disillusion South Koreans go to the polls today to elect new mayors for Seoul and Busan, the country's biggest cities. The previous incumbents, both members of the governing Minju party, were accused of sexual harassment by female employees. The former mayor of Busan stepped down and is awaiting trial. The former mayor of Seoul committed suicide. The by-elections are seen as a referendum on Moon Jae-in, the president, in the final year of his term. It looks unlikely to be favourable. Mr Moon's approval rating is the lowest since he took office. Opposition candidates lead both races handsomely. That reflects the usual fatigue that colours the end of a government's tenure.
But a scandal over profitable land deals involving employees of the state housing agency hasn't helped. Nor has the fall of the two mayors. The Conservative opposition, though expected to win, isn't terribly popular either. Its main selling point is the contrast with Mr Moon and Minju. The Eternal Scapegoat Anti-Semitism and Covid-19 At sunset, many Jews will light candles and say Kaddish, the mourner's prayer, to mark Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Remembrance Day. The widespread anti-Semitism that once brought European Judaism to the brink of destruction feels unnervingly present this year. Memes have spread on Facebook, Twitter and smaller platforms decrying COVID-19 as a Jewish fabrication or accusing Jews, along with Asians, of engineering it, echoing accusations of poisoning wells during the Black Death. Claims that Jews are the virus's prime spreaders revive age-old comparisons to vermin. And anti-vaxxers comparing themselves to concentration camp victims and wearing yellow stars gives an ancient hatred a suitably modern twist, even as anti-Semites encourage those infected to target Jews with a, quote, holocaust. Before the pandemic, anti-Semitic incidents had been rising, and Jews knew it. In a big study in 2018, 89% of European Jews felt that anti-Semitism was getting worse. This year will not have allayed their fears. Vaccine roller coaster, AstraZeneca in Europe. Earlier this year, several European countries advised against inoculating older people with the AstraZeneca-Oxford COVID-19 vaccine because of concerns about efficacy. But recent reports of younger people developing blood clots after receiving the jab have led to an inverse concern, with France, Germany and the Netherlands now limiting its use to older citizens. Norway has paused its use entirely. This week, the European Medicines Agency is expected to publish updated guidance on the shot. The European Union's drug regulator said in a preliminary review that the vaccine's benefits outweigh the risks of side effects. But damage has been done. Vaccine hesitancy remains high across the block. In northern France, more than 11,000 doses were left unused this weekend after people refused to be vaccinated. Just 23% of the country's population think the AstraZeneca jab is safe. A third of Germans share this opinion. The scare comes at an unfortunate time. Infections are rising rapidly across Europe. Finally, here's the quote of the day from William Ellery Channing, who was born on this day in 1780. Difficulties are meant to rouse, not discourage. The human spirit is to grow strong by conflict. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. 
You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.